boys. How are you? Good. Welcome back. Good. Scary topic today, man. A little yeah, bit. Well, yeah. We're scaring everyone in the last few weeks, aren't we? We've kind of we, we did climate change, net zero. We're doing glyphosate today. Yeah. Well, this sort of falls in line with the whole climate change thing, and I guess yeah. after. The climate change one, we sort of agreed to do a few topics related to it, didn't we? And yeah. this is one of the first ones, glyphosate. Yeah. And I think, I think, think the next couple, sorry to oh, jump in, just to remain a little bit positive, because you've come this morning quite positive, Smithy. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Pumped up. Um, the next few maybe are solutions or ways forward that we're going to do in this little series of sort of four or five on on climate. Yeah, or pollution. Oh, yeah. yeah, so just a few different solutions you know, or yeah, it's not all doom and gloom. There are people looking into it, and yeah. So yeah. anyway, I just I wanted. Think, to I think I think today's episode is actually incredibly positive and empowering, depending on how you look at it, because mm. we're going to talk about glyphosate today, and it's obviously got some very negative health consequences, which I think. So explain really explain that out. Let's explain that out first. Okay, well let's let's go right yet. back. You know what is glyphosate? Yeah. So yeah. glyphosate is a weed killer, which most uh, people commonly know as Roundup. Yep. Buy to any. Bunnings hardware store online. I don't even know. Can you buy it at the supermarket? Probably a supermarket. You can. You Possibly. can buy it. Yeah. And it's it's claimed to fame because it's been around for quite a long time. It's claimed to fame. Uh, I remember when I was a kid was um so so uh, safe you could drink it. Yeah. You could basically drink a glass of glyphosate, and due to the fact that we're humans and it can't affect us, it will have absolutely no impact. So glyphosate is the active ingredient active in Roundup. Ingredient, yeah, so yeah. there are weed killers now that are really great that don't have that in it. Oh yeah, absolutely. And yep. when you go to Bunnings or whatever you go to buy it, if you look on the label, it will say active ingredient glyphosate. Yeah. Yeah. And the not the problem, but one of the interesting things is glyphosate like all other um, chemical compounds for quite a while was um, uh, protected by Copyright, what do they call it? Like on label or whatever. Patent, so yeah. patented. Yep. So, yep. so the patent has run out. So every company now with the ability to produce glyphosate can now produce it. So consequently, uh, the prices have become even cheaper. Most of the world's glyphosate now comes out of China and it is an extremely cheap uh, chemical to produce. And we are producing a lot of it. I think. And, and from a farming perspective and like affecting our food supply, it's used um, on crops uh, to... Sprayed on crops to allow the crop to be resistant to weed killer. Mm. So the farmer puts on the the glyphosate, and then and then puts on the weed killer. Oh well, glyphosate is a weed killer. Yep, but yeah. it also protects the crop plant from being destroyed, doesn't it? From the weed killer. Is that how it works? Uh, so, so I thought what it was is they engineer these GMO plants, so they genetically modify these plants so that this weed killer doesn't kill the plant, but it can kill everything else. Right. Maybe we're sort of saying the same thing, but in a different way. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I, I read somewhere that um, it's it's designed to disrupt a plant or, or a weed's metabolic pathway, which yep. is this um, this shikimate pathway. Yep. Um, it's spelt S-H-I-K-I-M-A-T-E. And it's the same pathway that occurs in human gut flora. So when... when uh, uh, glyphosate destroys the, a plant's um, shikimate pathway. It kills it. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of the argument against glyphosate being um, harmless to humans is this notion that the shikimate pathway does not exist in human beings. It does not. Yep. It doesn't. But it does 
in the flora of our gut. So basically just like a glyphosate destroys flora on a farm or on on land, it also through the shikame pathway destroys the flora within our gut and therein lies our problem. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It it was designed as an antimicrobial at the start. Yeah, it was, that's what it was first licensed as was an antibiotic, antimicrobial. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think the the myth or the rumor or whatever it is uh, was the guy who developed it then worked out that it was no good for humans. Correct. Threw it out on his lawn or in his backyard, and it knocked out all his weeds. And then yep. he went, "Oh, okay, I can I can repurpose this like they do with a lot of things." <laughs> and then yeah, used it for killing weeds. Wow. Yeah, I think they were using it as like an industrial pipe or drain cleaner for a while. Right. As well. Yeah. Um, but it was initially designed for humans to ingest. For humans, yes. Yeah. So I think it was like a failed yeah, yeah. Um, human drug, yeah. I guess, or, or antibiotic or something and like so that. So is that when Man- Monsanto bought it? Or did, is it, did this probably person work for Monsanto, was it? Possibly, Mas- yeah. I don't, I don't know that where did that... Monsanto sort of invented it, didn't they, along with... I think it was invented by possibly a Japanese scientist. So you're probably across him with your Japanese studies, something like that. (laughs) The guy brings in one Japanese study. (laughs) But having said that, I'll hear at least three today, or I'm going to be disappointed if we haven't got some Japanese studies. I did have one. I did have one uh, on the podcast last week, and I didn't use it. I was a bit disappointed. Disappointing. Anyway, yeah, Um, 280 million pounds of glyphosate are used in US cropland. That's in the US. Yeah, I heard for the world it was something like. Um, five point five billion pounds a year. So I read that it was seventy percent. Seventy percent of crops worldwide, yes, use glyphosate. Yeah, more so Western farms as oh, opposed yeah. to developing or, or yeah. um, indigenous mm. farmland. Well, the other thing they use it for as well, um, which you're probably going to touch on before, was they obviously use it for weed control with their crops. But what they also do is they use it to kill. Uh, wheat and use it as a desiccant, so a drying agent. Yeah, so they, so they can harvest the wheat early. They can harvest and it earlier. Pull the, pull the roundup or the glyphosate on it Correct. and then it dries it out. So, so, so they essentially use it, use it to, to kill the wheat. So they spray yep. it on the wheat, the wheat dies and it rapidly dries out and then that's what you need to do to harvest wheat so then you can extract the grain, which we can then go on to make breads and flowers and things like that. Yeah, right. Which well, that, would, that would explain why because I was really interested in just learning what sort of foods in Australia were high in glyphosate. And mm. there aren't a lot of studies about this, and there's not a lot of data to, to be obtained. But there was one um, source that I found that said Australian foods highest in glyphosate are all breads, uh, biscuits and crackers, and rice bread cereals and flours um, or, or derived from wheat. Yes. So what you're saying there is exactly yep. that, that this glyphosate is just having a massive effect on wheat and therefore wheat yep. products that we're consuming. Because it's possible to do – it's possible that this is the the background of – Gluten intolerance. Yeah, it is maybe it's not gluten intolerance. Maybe it's glyphosate related. It's killing your gut microbiome Spot because on, we're mate. eating a lot of this. And I know cereals are high. They they did a list of cereals, and I think you know, Special K cereal was really high. Yeah, wheat picks. Yeah. Wheat picks was up there. Pretty much yeah, anything so with either grains or legumes in it yeah. is going to be quite high in glyphosate. So anything the, like your soy based products, corn based products, wheat based products. Yeah. yeah. Unless you're buying organic, which yes. we'll obviously touch on a bit later, then they're yeah. going to be very high in well, glyphosate. Actually, that was in my 
mind right then. I wanted to ask that question. And before you go, just on that gluten thing, um, which is probably why a lot of people are experiencing that, it's the same as peanut allergies. Remember when we were kids, no kid had a peanut peanut allergy. Yeah. But I also read that peanuts are one of the um, the highest uh, well, nuts that receive or um, get uh, sprayed up with um, glyphosate. So yeah, that's well, interesting because they're in a shell for a minute. I think this is a I know that's what I thought, yeah. but they're must must they're underground from the soil and from the yeah. soil it absorbs the glyphosate from the soil at really yeah. really high high rates. Yeah, well that yeah. makes so sense. So unless you're getting organic peanut butter, your peanut butter is even going to be high in glyphosate. Yeah, I think we've delved into two really interesting areas here. So one of them is uh, how the glyphosate gets into foods. Uh, and the other one is the argument about like the the wheat and the grains and the level of allergies. And I think they both like they're talking about for a few minutes. Yeah, mm. definitely. So glyphosate is a water soluble molecule. So it's not fat soluble; it's water soluble. So what that means is when you spray it onto a crop, or onto soil, or into a waterway, or into wherever, because it's water soluble, it it will spread and go everywhere. So if you spray it onto the surface of soil, then we get rain all that rainwater that hits the ground is going to leach down into the soil. So all the glyphosate is going into the soil, right? Yep. Then when it gets hot, that level of moisture on the surface, which now has glyphosate in it, is going to heat up and some of that is going to form steam, which is going to form cloud, or, you know, condensation, which is going to go up and form clouds. That condensate that goes up that becomes cloud now contains glyphosate if glyphosate's been sprayed in that area. So it's water-soluble. Those clouds can then travel and rain down the track somewhere now your rain has glyphosate in it. That rain eventually goes into rivers, streams, waterways. That glyphosate obviously wreaks havoc along the way because it's an antimicrobial, it's an antifungal as well, um, kills plant life, disrupts um, you know microbial diversity, uh, the microbiome of its hosts, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That then flows into the ocean. So now we've got this situation where glyphosate, essentially because it's water soluble, is Everywhere. Yeah. Like it's very likely that the rain we receive in Perth would have an amount of glyphosate in it. Yeah. The other problem is because glyphosate is water soluble, you always hear people say, oh, if you don't buy organic and you're worried about glyphosate, wash your food. Well, it's water soluble. So if you're eating a tomato, a watermelon, a mushroom, whatever you're eating, it's not on the surface. It's actually contained inside the food you're eating. Yeah. It's inside the water content of your food. So if you eat a tomato, you think about how watery that is or watermelon, or a bit of lettuce, or whatever, it's not a case where you can just take that bit of food and put it in the sink in some fresh water and wash it, and all the glyphosate goes off. It's contained within the actual structure of that food. Yeah. So it's everywhere. It's insidious. We're yeah. spraying literally billions of pounds of this across the globe every year. Yeah. It's accumulating in all of our... So it's everywhere. We're spraying billions of pounds of this stuff across the world. It's accumulating in our soil, in our air, in our waterways... And it's if you yeah. if you look at if you have a look at you drive down the street, old mate from the council is in his gear, he's pumping it onto the weeds, and the weeds are pretty much they're grown out of the they're grown out of sometimes the side of the road and the curbs, and these guys are just spraying it onto those weeds, and then it rains, it goes yeah. into our waterway, and maybe it kills those weeds. Yeah, okay, cool, but. What what are we doing? And you look at the um the pack or the bottle of um Roundup and it's got do not spray 
uh, within 24 hours of expected of rain. rain. Yeah, it's going to run off. <laughs> yeah, and so and I, to that point, mate, of council spraying, I, I think this is just criminal. Like, so do I. They spray. are spraying a, to- a chemical, a toxic chemical in our neighbourhoods, in our streets. With the, r- the rain runoff that you just mentioned, um, you've got uh, – what do they call it when it's uh, when it's captured in the air? Um, uh, spray drift. So they're spraying it around. It's the wind picks it up. It's sprayed to every and that spray drift is a major reason why organic farms are being imp- impacted yeah. by this. So we can we can talk about organic, but um, organic foods and so on. But organic farmers are losing a lot of income bec- and and losing their organic certification because. If they're nearby a, a, a typical f- a modern farm which uses glyphosate, that spray, that spray drift is coming over to their farms and then polluting their food. So their food is no longer organic. Yeah. As much as they try to, to provide some o- organic options for, for consumers, they're, they're not. And they're losing you know, money from it. They're losing yeah. income. The, the, the one that the council worker spraying it on the weeds that are sticking out of the road – Blows my mind. Yeah. Who gives a shit about weeds? Yep. Exactly. And the other thing is, steam kills them. Yeah. Yep. Which is as cheap, it's water. Boiling water kills them. Mm-hmm. So the other one is people buying Roundup from Bunnings to spray their driveway and their paths to get rid of the weeds. That that just runs off into the waterway. Yeah. Kills the weed. Mm-hmm. I mean, it might take a little bit longer, but you boil six litres in your kettle... You come out, you pour that on your on your driveway, on your weeds. They're dead. I know there is they a council. There is a council in Perth. Sterling that is do it using steam. Yeah, sometimes you yep. see them on West Coast Highway doing that, but also you see them another kilometre down the road using glyphosate. Yeah, yeah. You'd think with the cost of glyphosate and buying it on the, in that sort of mass um, amount that they have to use, there must be some cost-effective way of having a steamer, like a, a, a water boiler on a yeah. truck, and they can just go along and, and steam steam kill yeah. weeds. Plug in an urn. <laughs> use your 12-volt, you know. You do it going camping. Yeah. I I mean, urn, yeah. bit of water, I don't know. Yeah. But there, there are solutions and we're not looking at them or we're not talking about them enough. We I just didn't. don't think there's much will. I don't think people really understand. Okay. Or yeah, maybe they don't care. Or they're like, good, weeds are gone. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't remember there being a huge weed. Pro- I wasn't alive, but <laughs> looking at, uh, you know, photos, movies, etc. back in the 50s when this didn't exist, I don't remember there being a huge weed problem in the world. Mm. And you know what? Weeds come in, in winter and then they die in summer. You know, they die when it's dry. Yeah. You know, it's, who cares about weeds? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's Let's have a look crazy. at. I, I was interested in um, two two effects impacts of glyphosate on one on the humans, the human body, and two on on our environment, um, particularly soil. So I was interested to know, and there's a, there's a few um, uh, effects of it on humans. So it, obviously we mentioned it damages our gut bacteria and our microbiome, and I think we've mentioned this in previous podcasts. It depletes glutathione. Mm. And glutathione is our master antioxidant. And so if someone's got low glutathione, they are pretty much increased sickness. That's pretty much the formula. Um, and I don't, I don't really know much about supplementation with glutathione, uh, but it's something that I'm going to look into because if, if glyphosate is such a predominant chemical in there and we're consuming it, then I'd like to have some sort of supplementation to counteract mm. its effects. Maybe we can loop back to that at the end and as a closing statement, we can talk a bit about subs because I'm quite interested in that area. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, but yeah, maybe talk about the human health. Yep. 
um, depletes levels of sulfur. Um, lo- really low levels of sulfur have been identified in autistic children, mm-hmm. uh, and there's a, a very, very strong link, um, and this will be debated with some people, but there is a strong link among scientists, um, particularly Dr. Stephanie Seneth, uh, which I, I, I listen to a lot during this. And if anyone would like to have a, a listen to her and, and, and um, learn a bit more about the effects of uh, glyphosate, and in particular with autism, um, Dr. Stephanie Seneff, uh, she's a senior research scientist at MIT. Mm, she's um, really good. Oh, man. And as many other qualifications, she's got a bachelor's degree in biology, in food and nutritional science. Um, also, Zach, Dr. Zach Bush, he's a specialist in internal medicine and endo, endo, endocrinology. So two good resources to have a listen to. But anyway, going back to the levels of sulfur, um, uh, depletes your uh, process of meth- methylation. Mm-hmm. Um, which is something that I'd, I wasn't quite aware of, and that's an essential process for the development of genes pretty much. So Pretty much switching on and off of genes. Yep. 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 Um, and when it's deregulated, contributes to diseases such as cancer. So big time. When, when I was looking at um, impacts on the body, cancer is a big one. You know, everyone thinks that glyphosate causes cancer, and a lot of the pro-glyphosate lob- lobbyists or, or, or um parties will say that it does not cause cancer. Well, WHO, who isn't really a friend of this show, but a lot of people do put a lot of uh, credibility into their statements, have listed it as a probable human carcinogen. Probable, yeah. Probable. Uh, And there's been a hell of a lot of very high-profile legal uh, class actions and lawsuits over in America where people have had extremely high payouts, um, people who've been like uh, groundskeepers and gardeners and people who've had a high level of exposure to this. And they've proven in a court of law that the um, cause of certain types of cancers has been exposure to glyphosate and have won very large payouts. Which yeah. is different to a lot of other chemicals, like forever chemicals, Correct. PFAS, PFOA. Yep. You know, it, there's a vast array of different things you can get. And then yes. the people that have made that have kind of said, oh, well, it's not causing a certain type of cancer, yep. but it's an immunosuppressant. Yes. Whereas with glyphosate... There's actually proven There's cases. Pretty of strong evidence now that kidney certainly it's detrimental. Exactly, kidney. Yeah, kidney tubules. Yeah, so it con- it's it's kind of linked to these now, and these lawsuits are proving. Yeah, and people are getting payouts. Well, yeah. the burden of proof in a court is reasonably high. Oh, I mean, you're yeah. not just coming in and going, yeah, it's Marbo, it's the vibe. Yeah, you know, yeah, I just reckon it's bad. Yeah, they're, they're going on some reasonably hardcore science, and the science is increasing every day. Mm. I found it interesting that um, in a roundabout way, you can learn that it contributes to cancer by the study of this, this um, process, methylation. It's not mm. until I looked at that, that process that I made the link to cancer because then every other superficial resource I look at. So, for example, I had a look at farmers.org.au, um, croplife.org.au. So these are Australian websites and they come up with these really, really primary school looking um, uh, diagrams mm. to promote the safety of glyphosate. So they've even listed here um, Australia's independent regulatory body, the Australian Pesticides and Veterinarian Medicines Authority, examined glyphosate uh, uh, in 2016 and found out the products containing glyphosate are safe to use. Um, in fact, all independent science-based regulatory bodies or agencies around the world, uh, including the WHO, the European Union, New Zealand, America and Canada, uh, determine glyphosate as safe. Uh, 
Well, there you go. You look at those names there. Yeah. They're mm. the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. That, yeah, that rely on we it. You talk about that. As this in 2015, the International Agency for Research of Cancer assessed glyphosate to pose the same risk as eating red meat, drinking hot beverages, frying food at high temperatures, and working as a hairdresser. Can you believe this shit? Can't believe they didn't pop climate change into that list. Yeah. Man, it poses less risk than, according to them, drinking alcohol, sunlight, eating bacon and all processed meats, and sawdust. Okay, interesting. More, it says here, the US Agricultural Health Study uh, said more than 89,000 farmers and their spouses uh, said no association between glyphosate and cancer. So we're going to take the word of 89,000 89, farmers, farmers and their spouses. Did they, that also, got did they also have um, research science backgrounds or is that just the vibe? No, just the hang vibe, on, man. Just the vibe, yeah. 89,000 farmers that had cancer said it wasn't related to glyphosate. No, it was they just, just 89,000 89, farmers. farmers. Yep. Because that's it. a lot of farmers to get cancer, yeah. I would have thought. <laughs> and they are farmers in Iowa and North Carolina since 1993 conclude there is no association between glyphosate and cancer, oh. including uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Well, that's the, one of the big ones, one of the big types of cancer that glyphosate seems to cause. Have you guys heard of this cancer alley in the US? No. It, they call it cancer alley. If you look on a map in the US and you look at the um, the spread of, you know, the amount of cancer per capita, there's this thing they call cancer alley. And it's essentially like if you look at it on a map and, you know, cancer is red and you see a giant red sort of alley going down America and it sort of loosely follows the Mississippi River. And so the Mississippi River is surrounded... Uh, by a lot of farmland, and all those farmlands all use glyphosate, and that glyphosate all runs into the Mississippi River and, you know, essentially eventually goes down into the Gulf of Mexico, right? So they've looked at uh, basically the association between the amount of glyphosate in the immediate environment and, and mapped that over the top of this cancer alley, and it maps almost perfectly in terms of level of glyphosate in the environment versus, you know, background level of cancer that people are getting, mm. and it's extremely correlated. I mean, let's talk about what else um, glyphosate does. So have you guys seen or read about the impact of glyphosate on your tight junctions? Well, that's that's in your gut, and that's what you were talking about before, Rooster, is it, is it, it damages your... The, the tight junctions are like little... It's like Velcro. I think that's a, they're the size of a tennis court, aren't they? Through your gut. So you got about you the size of out. about two tennis courts in the average body. And it's your endothelial lining. It yeah. goes basically from your lips all the way through your digestive tract, um, you know, down to your excretory organs. <laughs> uh, and what these do is they form a, a barrier so that when we're ingesting food or we're ingesting anything, that food is not going to go directly into our bloodstream. It's going to be selectively absorbed and transported by various mechanisms so that we can extract all our nutrients, vitamins, you know, carbohydrates, whatever, so that the body can deal with them. But everything doesn't just go across into our, our bloodstream like a free-for-all. So I've seen some amazing uh, actual video footage through, uh, I guess it's an electron microscope or a very powerful microscope, and they actually look at these tight junctions. So the tight junction is you've got these very thin cell walls. So you've got cells, and then like CJ said, you've got this tight junction, which is like Velcro in between the cell walls, and it keeps the integrity of that uh, epithelial layer so that there's not gaps in it right so we're not leaking the contents of our stomach and our digestive tract into our bloodstream we don't want to do that that's bad that, so, that's what causes a lot of autoimmune conditions exactly because the, the 
those tight junctions need to hold everything in, keep it in together, and if there's undigested food particles that get through there, it, it can, and the body says, okay, that's not supposed to be there, and sort of attacks it. Yeah, it causes a massive inflammatory response. Yeah, because the body thinks gut. Yeah, so you, yeah. your body's thinking that's not right. I'm going to attack it, whether it's whether it's uh, good for you or bad for you. It's in the wrong spot. So the body's t- attacking it. And these tight junctions kind of keep everything in there. Yeah, but if you look at those tight junctions, or if you look at this epithelial layer that includes tight junctions, and you watch it under a, under a microscopic conditions, and then you apply glyphosate to that, you can see the tight junctions break down. Oh, wow. You can see the gaps appear yeah, yeah. in your endothelial lining. So looping back way earlier to what you were talking about, Rue, with um, like wheat and peanut allergies and things like that, things that we didn't really see as kids in primary school. I don't remember any kid that couldn't eat nuts or... Maybe a very occasional one. At my daughter's school now, every second kid can't have yeah, you know, wheat, dairy, peanuts, shellfish, yeah. whatever. Well, if you look at um, some of the highest sprayed crops, so you look at wheat, we spoke about wheat is used, um, sorry, glyphosate is used on wheat as a, de- a desiccant, so it dries it out, and then we immediately process it, we get the grain out of the wheat, it becomes bread, and we eat the bread. So those proteins contained in that wheat grain that we eat are coated in glyphosate, so you're going to ingest that bread. The bread's got all this glyphosate on it. We know that glyphosate destroys those tight junctions. So now we've got these uh, large proteins contained in this wheat going through into your bloodstream when it's not supposed to. And your body's immune system, and there's a very large amount of your immune system is around your endo- endothelial lining for good reason to stop attack Keep from the bad things, yeah. pathogens. Yep. Well, your immune system marks that as an invader because it's somewhere where it's not supposed to be. So all these wheat proteins have leaked into your bloodstream when they're not supposed to. Your body hasn't used uh, like active transporters or passive diffusion or anything like that. It's just leaking in there. Your immune system goes, whoa, 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 wait on. And then it tags that protein as a foreign invader. And once your immune system tags something, then it recognizes it more readily next time. So every time you're seeing that, your immune system is attacking it and going, this is a pathogen. This is something that's bad for me. I'm going to attack it. So what happens when your immune system attacks these invaders? It causes inflammation. Now, not only that, we've spoken about the gut lining. There's another pretty important lining in our body called the blood-brain barrier that also has tight junctions in it. So now we've got things in our bloodstream getting into our brain that aren't supposed to be there. So now we're looking at a society that's got more fatigue, more brain fog. Uh, We've got kids with increased levels of um, autism. We've got a whole society that's plagued with autoimmune problems. We've just spoken about about chronic inflammation and immunity due to the fact that our tight junctions are getting broken down. Depression. Depression. I mean, with depression. Alzheimer's, Parkinson's. Yeah. All like, these, like, yeah. Like you said earlier that um, the bacteria in our gut is affected by glyphosate, which it absolutely is. They reckon half of the microbes in our microbiome are affected by glyphosate, right? So yeah. 50%. Yeah. But critically, three of the um, amino acids, which are obviously extremely important in human health, which are um, tryptophan, tyrosine, and phenylalanine, are the most affected because of the, the sorts of um, parts in microbiome that are most affected by glyphosate, right? Yep. What does tryptophan do? Well, tryptophan becomes serotonin. Yes. Serotonin, you know, Is we all know what that does. A mood, mood enhancer. Mood, depression, yep. Yep. Uh, all that sort of stuff. Um, and it, it's melatonin before it's yes. serotonin. It set sleep, yeah. So yeah. sleep. Yep. So what, what, about, what is our society plagued with now? Well, sleep issues. Yep. Um, tyrosine involved in um, thyroid function. We've got a society now plagued with like under and overactive thyroids. Yes. 
Uh, we've also got effect with uh, like dopamine and adrenaline um, production. So like this is a pretty sinister little chemical. Yeah. Even if of all the things we speak about, it only does one of them, I'd be quite concerned about it. But we've got multiple scientific papers saying that it does probably many of these. Yeah. So I mean. It sort of um, it's, it makes other toxins and chemicals in our body uh, more dangerous as the glyphosate um, reduces the liver's ability to detoxify them. That's one thing that I picked up. So yeah. not only is the glyphosate the enemy here, but it allows other chemicals and toxins to to do their damage because the liver can't do its job to detoxify those those chemicals. Yeah, I found that interesting, and also the and you, I think you might have mentioned this in another podcast, mate, uh, a long time ago when we talked about supplementation. Um, glycine is disrupted or replaced by glyphosate during protein synthesis. So uh, I'm not quite sure of the chemistry behind it all, but basically your glycine um, chemical, whatever that is, is is replaced by glyphosate. Mm. Yeah, so they say that um, glyphosate is like a glycine analog, so the molecules are similar. The part of the molecule that attaches is a similar structure. Mm-hmm. And so like when molecules... Uh, uh, attracted to each other or attached or whatever, and it's usually like the shape of that molecule, how it sort of goes together. So, so I've heard a lot of um, credible doctors say that they believe that um, one of the biggest areas that uh, glycine is used in the formation of collagen. Oh yeah. So collagen, every third amino acid is glycine. Right. So glycine something something glycine something something. So it's got a huge amount of glycine in it. So there's a lot of concern that um, glyphosate is taking up these glycine spots. So if we fast forward to like when we're talking about doing some um, talk about supplementation for glyphosate exposure at the end of the thing, one of the things I say is take a lot of glycine. Yeah, right. You can essentially flush out all the glyphosate which has started to build up in your body. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Mm. That would be one supplement that I would be taking, well, I do take on a regular basis. I'm a huge fanboy of glycine. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it, it also, we talked about seed oils. Mm. We talk about seed oils being sprayed with glyphosate. Yep. But glycine also helps reduce the inflammation from seed oils. Yep. So it's just it's a it's a wonder miracle. Helps it's sleep as well. Miracle. It's a great it's a sleep supplement yeah. molecule. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Just, just as you talked sleep. about before this, Smitty, that when we were growing up, we never knew kids that had a um a peanut allergy or or a gluten allergy, or whatever. Um, listen to that, uh, Doctor Zach Bush. He he mentioned that um it's the third generation. Uh, that always gets hit worse by this um, chemical or accumulation toxic buildup. Mm. So our kids at the moment we're seeing now, um, young children now coming through are the third generation. So we've had our parents uh, or possibly even us, then our kids or, or now the, the youngest generation coming through are the ones that are the third generation, um, probably even including my kids, to, to experience the, the massive buildup of this over two generations. Uh, since really glyphosate came about in the 50s, uh, 60s, quite heavily. Mm. Uh, so that, I found that quite interesting. Um, and you have a look at the the new generation of kids and the incidence of autism. I think back in the 70s it was uh, one in 5,000. Now it's like one in every 30 of kids have autism. It's something like that, something crazy. Yeah. Um, you're looking there at was something that we did at that time in the world that changed, right? Yes. Yeah, and there's been when also... When was this introduced? Exactly, yeah. at the same time. And also, you're also looking at that link again, and, and just going off side topic here, the um, the introduction of that really full-on vaccination um, uh, protocol 
which also is um, injecting into your body adjuvants, and an adjuvant is like it can be an aluminium, it can be mercury, and these are the, these are substances that help the the vaccine bind together or to, to form its 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 product. Mm. Uh, and those adjuvants can have not on everyone can have uh, detrimental effects on certain people. So, doctor, um, the doctor I mentioned before, uh, Doctor Senef, she does mention that there is there can be a genetic uh, predisposition for these conditions. Mm-hmm. But that is very minor compared to the environmental impact of things being added to our body, such as glyphosate, such as um, adjuvants from vaccines that can increase the, um, the, the manifestation of these conditions. Yeah. It's like death by a thousand cuts, isn't it? Yeah. Like you take all these separate things, um, like you've just mentioned, uh, like adju- adjuvants in vaccines and obviously glyphosate there, but they've obviously got that effect where they combine and it's just... You know, even if you get away from one, you still got the other one in the background, and then you have got all these other things that we've spoken about. Um, Isn't it just so crazily unnatural, man? Like you've just got this perfect human body, made of cells, made of genes, the purest form of of a living organism, and at, at, as soon as it's created, we're throwing metal products and artificial products into it. I just, the more I study this, that. The more we, we look at researching these podcasts, man, the more I just think we are just so far away from our natural form. For what? <laughs> Don't you guys reckon, like, we are from nature, right? Yeah. Like, there's one um, periodic table of the elements. So we've got these atoms, which make up our entire universe that we live in. We're not different to the earth we grew up in. We're not different to nature. We're from nature. We're natural beings, right? We're a natural organism. We've grown up on this earth in synchronicity with all these amazing, abundant species of plants, animals, bacteria, viruses, uh, fungi, all this sort of stuff. But as a race, we are absolutely terrified of nature. We spend our whole time trying to control it and trying to kill it. Yeah, yeah. Fucking bacteria, fucking viruses. Yep. We've got to kill all this shit. It's going to kill us. We've got to kill it first so it doesn't kill us. We're yeah. at war with our own planet, trying yeah. to kill everything and trying to control it Yeah. instead of trying to work out ways to live with it. Yeah. We're obsessed with killing. Yeah. Because we're so fearful. We're and so fearful of, you know, again, we're fearful of death. And we're, and we're, and we're so um, keen to use science and, and chemicals to control certain aspects of our environment, mm. including ourselves, you know. And, and yeah. sometimes we, 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 we steer towards nature instead of uh, – sorry, science instead of nature, you know. Um, yeah. I mean, have a look at, I mean, that's the, the human impacts of glyphosate. Let's have a look at um, impacts on the environment. So I was checking out, like, you know, because we, we are going to talk about regenerative farming. Um, what was I it? Think <laughs> I have trouble saying that word. <laughs> regenerative uh, farming. I have a bit of trouble saying that word. Regen. Regen. We're going to look at that. I think we're going to look at that next week, aren't we? Yep. Yeah, yep. that'll be our next yeah, cool. one. So that, this Because uh, this is a solution. Yes. Regenerative agriculture is a solution. Yep to probably what you're going to explain now and a lot of I mean we talk about in our last episode we talked about carbon regenerative agriculture sequesters carbon from the environment so it's bringing it into the soil anyway yeah yeah and and the glyphosate is destroying that soil so you go ahead sorry so much like our our gut soil has Fungus, fungi, bacteria, it has carbon molecules in it. It's, it's diverse with a whole flora of, um, of, of, of living organisms in, its, in, its, in the soil. Tilling 
uh, in the in the old days, you know, the the, the constant harvesting turning of, of the soil, turning yep. of the soil, that had a negative impact on soil quality, because um, over the years we were just degrading the quality of the soil and exposing it, and so soil was often never covered uh, with with vegetation. Then we come along and we add a chemical, we add chemical agriculture to worsen this problem. So basically we add glyphosate or, or pesticides. To fix, the, to fix the problem. To fix the problem. That they'd created through tilling and then they wanted to, okay, we fertilise, that yep. didn't work. Too many weeds, anyway. Yep. And that glyphosate is destroying all that good bacteria and all that good biodiversity in our soil, which is now producing well, it's poor quality soil, but now producing um, poor quality or, or, or nutrient uh, poor density of nutrient nutrition in our, in our food that we're, we're growing. And then we've had to counteract that with fertilisers. Yes. Which is which more is, chemicals on top yeah, of so more chemicals. Exactly. And I, I did listen to a podcast with two English farmers and they were, that one's been in farming for 44, 45 years. And he was saying that, that the problem today is now we're adding more chemicals onto, to fix a chemical problem. Mm. Yeah. Well, that we need a solution to fix what we've, Mono, we've monocropped and we've sprayed with glyphosate and killed the microbiome of the soil to the detriment of the nutrient density of our food. That's that's uh, not conspiracy. That's gone down, the nutrient density in our food. If you look at what an orange looked like 80 years ago, 90, 100 years ago to what it is now, the, the nutrients in that food yeah. has gone down based on the fact that we keep monocropping most of our land, especially with wheat. and You don't change the diversity of the plants. We'll talk about plant diversity in regenerative ag, but... Yeah. No animals. No animals. Animals play a big part huge. on, on, um, yeah. on cultivating and fertilising soil. Yeah. So, we, well, what's the issue? Okay, well, we keep putting grain in and then we have to, you know, we take the topsoil off then that blows away and it's exposed to the elements, the microbiome of the soil dies. The whole cycle of that, some people are saying have left us with some parts of the US, two generations left of soil to be able to grow things on and then yeah. we're done. We need to come up with something that fixes that. Well, this UK farmer was saying that since his dad bought the farm back in the 70s, they've lost three metres of soil. Three yeah. metres? Three metres, mate. Wow. Yeah, that, and that's incredible to think. Like, this is usable soil. Yeah. Three metres. And this is from, from 1977, I think he, he mentioned. It's obviously finite, isn't it? Like, I mean, soil is from the breakdown of organic products, mm. which takes a long time. You can't just make soil out of nothing really quickly yeah. on a, a massive growth scale like that. Mm. Like, that's a big problem. Mm. Yeah. I guess we'll probably delve into this more in the Regen yeah. one yeah. next week. And I guess organic sort of farming comes into the... Regen farming as well, doesn't it? I mean, and that's let, let's look at choices that people can make to overcome this glyphosate issue. Mm. Um, Heaps of good options, really. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Organic yeah. produce, organic food from farmer's market. We've talked about farmer's markets before. A lot, yeah. And, and there are even growing your own food. Yeah, well, that's, that's yeah. the grassroots one, isn't it? Is yeah. Grow some of your own food. Like yeah. Even if it's just some herbs and some basic stuff, if you've got like a small property, maybe get a little tomato bush, grow some basil, some parsley, yeah. some... Yeah. Spring onions, whatever. And this is something that I've realised. I've got a, a pretty big backyard. I've got a top level of grass, which is probably maybe five by two metres. You know, 
decent size level. And I, I just constantly mow it every week in the summer. And I'm thinking... Pump water into it. Pump water into yeah. it. What What is Pull it doing other out. than aesthetics? Yeah. Mm. And I'm, this at is... At least it's grass. At least it's not... Uh, yeah, at least it's not <laughs> fake, fake grass. grass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this has really prompted me, and I, I have been meaning to do it for, for a while, is to clear some area of my backyard to make my own... to grow my own food. Yeah. Uh, I think just being prepared for food shortages is, is one reason, but also just for the health and the, um, the nutrient density of food that I'm eating. Yeah. We get our food from a... Unfortunately, we get our groceries from a, a major supermarket. Mm. And That's I, the reality of the world, isn't it? It we is. Can't, well, we can't all do it. I, I guess I, I need to change my habits as well as maybe take on the, the shopping and, and go to the local growers market like you do, Jonesy. Come down and have a coffee with me, mate. You yeah. Know, it's good. It's really nice Organic to, coffee. Really nice way to spend a bit of time. We hang out. We hang out Sunday mornings. Chat, and, yeah. Chatting with some people who have the market stalls or whatever, yeah. often yeah. the primary producer. Yep. It's it's That's nice cool. to hear from the farmers. Yeah, you know, and they support talk your about local it. Farmers. And, th- and they, if you show some interest, they, you know, they get excited and they're yeah. talking about it. And you yep. know, got this sort of, yeah. It also and helps you to eat uh, seasonal. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to get like weird wacky stuff that wouldn't yep. have grown traditionally. Exactly. In the I think of if winter. you're putting a sticker on fruit, you shouldn't be buying it. Yeah, yeah. You know, like if you're yeah. you look at coals, they sticker every piece of fruit. Yeah. What's going on here? Well, so obviously, it's come from somewhere else. Yeah, shipped in from California or South American country. You know, like you say, it's mm. not seasonal. Mm. No, we shouldn't be able to get grapes all year round. And you taste a banana sometimes. Bananas have lost their flavour. Mm. They're very, it, very bland, aren't they? Yeah. You, yeah, you you launch your mouth into something that's come from from your backyard or. Or a growers market, and the taste, the the taste sensation is. You realise then that you've been missing something. Yeah. From grocery mass product. Yeah. Well, it's the same with anything. You look at eggs that are c- come from a, you know, five five hen per hectare farm as opposed to caged eggs. Yeah. It's completely different. The yolk's, the, the yolk's different. It's a different taste. It's yeah. Yeah, uh, same with grass-fed, grass-finished meat yeah. from a organic regenerative farm is completely different to the meat you get from yep. feedlot. For those um, people that are interested in their grocery shopping, I try to find out some foods that uh, I mentioned before, the, the breads, the, the biscuits, oh, yeah, crackers yeah. and cereals. But um, natural produce, um, so they're pretty um, made-up foods or like breads made other ingredients, natural products. Um, it's very little, very hard to find data in Australia on on what foods or natural produce contain glyphosate. Mm. Uh, but the top f- top eight products in Australia uh, with the most glyphosate was apples. Um, the second was strawberries, then lettuce. Uh, there was spinaches up there, pears, peaches, and nectarines. The eight food types with the most glyphosate readings in it. The yeah. dirty dozen, I think oh, they're yeah. called, if you can look exactly. them up. Yeah, yes. right. Yeah. yeah, We had it pinned to our fridge for years. Yeah, we did uh, too. Yeah. You know, if you can't afford to buy all organic because it's very expensive and everything's bloody expensive these days, yeah. I'd encourage people to look at that dirty dozen that CJ yeah. mentioned and at least be mindful of that. Yeah. Uh, a lot of berries like your strawberries and that get a yeah. really bad spray, don't they? But, yeah. you know, maybe if you weren't going to shell out on everything, perhaps just start with that dirty dozen and go, right, these are my highest exposure ones. Yeah. So I'm going to shell for some organic apples which aren't too expensive, organic pears yeah. aren't too bad. 
Um, we buy frozen organic strawberries, yeah, um, so they don't go to waste so much. Yeah. Um, my daughter really loves them. Um, the other big one is food that's genetically modified has been genetically modified to be sprayed with glyphosate. Yeah. So right. if you're buying food that's non-GMO, it's going to have, as a rule of thumb, it's going to have lower levels of glyphosate. Right. Because plants don't like being sprayed with glyphosate because it yeah. destroys that shikimate pathway. So yeah. if you've got GMO corn, GMO um, legumes, things like that, the levels are going to be higher because they're 100% spraying it with glyphosate to keep weeds down. Yeah, right. So look for non-GMO. Yeah. Well, now we've got yeah. Bill Gates's GMO seed bank, so... Yeah, love He's you, Bill. Thanks. Day. That's great. Because yeah. we can't feed the world apparently unless no. we spray everything with chemicals. Yeah. That's so he's uh, patented all those seeds that are now GMO and glyphosate mm. uh, resistant. It seems like a really um, dirty game that uh, patenting of seeds oh, and also this dependence now that farmers have on like chemical farming. Yeah. So the use of all these increasing levels of um, your your pesticides, herbicides, fungicides. It seems like. From what I've uh, heard and seen, once farmers get into this system of using this chemical system, they're not even allowed to harvest seeds off their crop for like the next year of growth, or they've engineered sometimes so they don't do it. So they're ah, what mm. they're they're stuck every yeah. year. They have to buy these uh, sort of you know patented, um, genetically modified seeds, which go along with a concept of chemicals to be used in conjunction with them in order to buy this crop. And so farmers' inputs are getting higher and higher. It's costing them more to, to farm because they're, they're absolutely dependent on this system of farming now. Yeah. It's bloody... Wow. It's really, like, diabolical. <laughs> to, ch- to change to a regenerative farm also takes time. Yes. And then they've got a... For a couple of years, possibly up to five, they've got no yield. They've got no way mm. of... So they've got to, you know, how do they diversify in that time? How do they make money in the five years it takes to you to get a yep. regen it's farm a up problem. and running? And I think that's building to a point now where there are support groups of farmers that are transitioning towards yep. the regen farming, and and I think they they have they provide some sort of support network. I don't know whether that's financial. I don't really know too much about it, but yep. there seems to be large sort of oh, groups that's, that's forming. Awesome, yeah, 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 cool. To, to move in that direction. Mm. So should yeah. we just finish off this one quickly before we um, finish up for the week and just quickly yeah. talk about supplements maybe? Yeah, 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 yeah definitely, man. Yeah. Because yeah. you guys got yeah, thoughts about that. It sounds, it sounds a bit doom and gloom, doesn't it? Because it sort of sounds ubiquitous. It's everywhere. We can't, how do we mm. avoid it? But one thing I did want to, before we go into supplements, yeah. there are home testing kits that you can get for glyphosate. I think they're about 70 bucks, maybe US. Yeah, right. I think they come from the US. You can test your levels of glyphosate in your body. And if they are really high, that's probably a good a, a good uh, prompt to change your diet up, look at the dirty dozen, mm. maybe get rid of some of these wheat products that we continually eat. And then, well, what does that look like? That looks like a paleo carnivore, maybe. <laughs> Funny about that. Low carb, um, mm. high fat, eating good, quality sourced meat going to farmer's markets, which we've been talking about for years. And if, you know, yeah, if your glyphosate levels are high, start moving in that direction and then, you know, supplement so we can sort of supplement our way out of a glyphosate. Because, I mean, you can't even really escape it in the meat that you eat because the, 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 the beef or the lamb that you're eating is eating 
grass that could be impacted by by glyphosate spray. Yep. Well, hopefully we're getting those or grain fed. Grain fed could be yeah. Even worse. Yeah. 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 Sorry. So yeah, yeah. Um, I did have a, a name of a place, um, but anyway, was that for the testing? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So is that a urine test? Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, what do they call it? The glyphosate urine test? Uh, something like <laughs> yeah, they call it like a flow test or something. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know? oh, so, yeah. anyway. oh so the test is a, a urine test to, te- to test the glyphosate. It's not a, a, you're not testing the actual food. No, no, you're testing yourself right. for, for okay. your levels of gotcha. uh, primary holistic care, it's called. And it is a lateral flow dipstick. Lateral flow dipstick, there you go. Yeah. So glypho check strips flow. can be used to test water, whole oats, wheats, um, wine, urine. Yeah. Yeah, right. There you go. Mm. Anyway. And what other um, what supplements uh, yeah. hit us with the supplements? Help us out. Um, the three that I love, one we already touched on is uh, the glycine. So it's supposed to be quite good. Interesting if you read the science behind glycine. If people have a high glyphosate burden and then they start supplementing with glycine, they initially see quite a high increase in their urinary output of glyphosate. So clearly it is having like a flushing effect. Yeah, yep. But after a while, if they continue with high levels of glycine supplementation, eventually that glyphosate output drops right off. So it does seem to be one that will flush it out of your system a little bit. Um, so sort of helping to remove stuff that's had a cumulative effect and built up in your system over time. Cool. Um, so I love glycine. Like glycine is good for collagen um, formation, also good for flushing out um, glyphosate and really good sleep yep. um, supplements. So I love it because it's extremely cheap as well. I think, do you guys buy it from um, Bulk Nutrients? Yeah. 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 Buy that little 250 form. gram bag. Yeah. yeah. It's delicious. It oh, tastes it's sweet. Really it's really sweet. It's really like um, you can use it as sugar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It tastes like sugar. I really yeah. look forward to my glycine at night. I yeah. have some in the morning. And then I also have some before bed. Yeah, I look forward to it before bed. It's like a little treat. Yeah. I get like little half a glass of water. Yep, uh, and I mix put my finger glycine in. It's like drinking a little shot of sugar water. Yeah, because yeah, it mixes really well. It's not like it sort does. of creatine. Ah, it doesn't mix not, too uh, well not, just with water. It's not but chalky. It's not bad tasting. Disappears. Yeah. Well, you could sprinkle that on your bloody cereal. It'd be like sprinkling sugar. Yeah, uh, and argue. I don't know because I often put it in a cup of tea or coffee, but I don't know whether the heat maybe damages it, so well, I've stopped doing that anymore. Protein, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, I just I put know. it in, I just put in the, gl- mm. the water, because you're right. So I took, like a, I took a leaf out of your book, Jonesy, I've got some of that beef liver powder. Oh, yeah. Um, and I've been having that at night as well, because yeah. that's quite high in B6 or B12 or something, which also helps sleep. Yeah. Uh, but it tastes like shit, so I've been... Um, mixing that up with my glycine ah, and the yeah. glycine um, adds a little bit of sweetness to it to take away that, that liver yeah, taste. You, know, yeah, it's you can livery. get them in capsule form. Yeah, like I, like powder. I like oh, yeah. powder forms better. I don't yeah. like taking those little capsule things. Yeah, the little veggie, whatever they yeah, are. Yeah, I even crack mine open and pour my, my zinc oh, yeah. or my um, yeah. 5-HTP open. Yeah, okay. yeah I crack yeah. them open and pour the powder into the water. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah cool. You're probably under something there. So we've got glycine. Yep, the yep. other one I love, uh, and again, Rue, you touched on it earlier, was, um, uh, oh, you were talking about glutathione. Yeah. So I love NAC, which is a glutathione precursor. Ah, okay. So N-acetylcysteine. Yep. yep. Uh, got a lot of uh, attention and uh, came to prominence a bit through the whole COVID thing for the same reason. Mm. So obviously having high um, glutathione levels is valuable for health in general. So what? a lot of uh, wellness people were sort of recommending NAC, but... Um, I don't know if it's true or not, but I've read that like um, actual glutathione has quite a, a, dif- um, a short half-life. 
So it's better to take the precursor in NAC and then your body will naturally produce more glutathione. Okay. And that's um, one that's probably not a daily one, right? NAC? Uh, I'd probably cycle it. I'm yeah. a huge fan of cycling most things. Yeah. I probably don't agree with cycling glycine, but that'd be one of the very few that I wouldn't cycle. Yeah. But I would cycle on and off yeah. for the NAC. Is NAC um, expensive, mate? It's not too bad. I get that also from bulk nutrients. Yeah. Uh, there's a whole bunch of places you can get it from, but I like supporting them. They're a Tasmanian company, yeah. uh, and their supplements are generally pretty cheap. It's just 100% pharmaceutical-grade um, N-acetylcysteine. Yeah. just comes in a capsule, which I think is 100 milligrams a cap from memory. Get a sponsorship. Uh, and uh, Get them on. Get them on the better in I reckon the, the three of us would have put quite a bit of money through uh, oh, yeah. bulk nutrients. <laughs> yeah. I've been using them for many, many years. Yeah, yeah. I'm always really happy with them. Their shipping's really fast. Yeah, and they're yeah, really they're good cool. too. They flick you some emails with re, um, just like uh, content, like information. Yeah, and they're, yeah, they're really quite informative. They talk about like amino acids. And yeah. Also yeah. on the other day, like branch chain amino acids versus essential amino acids, yeah, which yeah, I was yeah. quite interested in reading about because it's a... Interesting hotbed of discussion yeah. over the last couple of years. And so with the NAC, mate, any certain type of day to eat, to have that, morning or night? Uh, no, nah, I generally have mine in the evening. Yep. Um, I don't think it's super critical. Mm-hmm. Um, the last one, which I love, and we'll probably talk about this fella next week in our podcast about regenerative ag. Um, so the, the doctor, scientist, sort of thought leader guy, Zach Bush, came up with his own product called, well, it used to be called Restore. Uh, I think it's now called Ion, Ion Biome. All right. Ion biome. <laughs> a bit like your regenerative. <laughs> what a mouthful. I think it's ion biome, but yeah. it used to be called Restore, and I still know it as Restore. Yeah. Uh, it's essentially a liquid. Have you guys come across that at all? Have you no. Uh, the, the old Zach Bush one. Restore, the old Zach Bush yeah. one, Restore, yeah. yeah. So we still use it. Um, it's essentially like water, and it's got these little particles in it, carbon-based particles called terahydrites. Um, and essentially that microscopy, I was talking about before, where they show the tight junctions in your gut getting destroyed by glyphosate with the addition of these uh, terahydrites. So it's like a little liquid that you drink, actually repair those tight junctions again. Right. So if you do have high glyphosate exposure and you're worried about leaky gut, leaky brain, um, then there's some um, science to support the fact that this restore can actually help those tight junctions reintegrate and do their job again. Yeah, right. Uh, so it's quite an expensive supplement. I think it's about, it comes from the US, it's about 100 bucks a bottle. Yep. But you only take a very little bit, so it can last quite a while. So we've had our daughter on it um, essentially since she was almost born. Yep. Um, so I wonder whether that, can that help um, resolve leaky gut conditions? I, well, that's sort of their claim, yeah. more, more or less. Because like if, if a person goes to a doctor with leaky gut, what does a doctor, gen- uh, like a mainstream doctor, what do they generally probably prescribe? tell you to fuck off? Yeah, they yeah. would. I went to a doctor probably seven or eight years ago talking about microbiome and leaky gut, and they basically called me a crackpot and kicked me out. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that doesn't surprise me. When my wife went to have her last scan before we had our baby, and we were having our little girl at home, so they were hating us anyway because they saw us as dirty hippies because yeah. my wife wanted to birth at home with midwives and all the medical equipment and stuff, so not too fringe. Um, we were talking a bit about uh, what happened. Something came up and my wife said something about microbiome and then heard the consultant doctor, like the head of the whole department, saying, I don't know what a microbiome is and I don't want to know. I thought, <laughs> wow. fuck me, that's a fucking, wow. you know, an obstetrician, knowing that like microbial transplant from mother to baby is yeah. so important when they're born. Yeah. So I think um, there'd be some really good doctors out there who would be really across it and yeah. I think there would still be a lot to be like. Yeah. I hate you, you're a hippie, get out. Yeah. <laughs> Particularly when a lot Tough of the one. things they prescribe would actually do the reverse to our microbiome. Yeah, 100%. Yep. You know, like your antibiotics and stuff like that. Yep. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, so I reckon those three supplements are really good yep. for it. Uh, the first two are pretty cheap. Yep. 
Um, Where yeah. do you source the um, the the third one? Uh, so you can, I think you can still get it through iHerb. We can get it directly through Zach Bush's yep. website. I usually yeah, right. wait for a special and then try and get a few at a time. We often buy like six bottles at a time. It'll just come in a thing. Um, I just go to the cheaper source because yep. I'm always trying to obviously... What's the new influences. name of it? I think it's Ion Biome. Ion Biome. Um, check that out. Yeah, I, I rate it. It just looks like dirty water. Yep. Um, you have like a little um, teaspoon of it. Just, just drink it. Tastes yeah. like nothing. Yeah. Just, just tastes like water with a bit of brown stuff in it. Yep. Um, maybe there's something in it. Maybe there's tastes not. Tastes like water with a bit of brown stuff in it. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, well, I must say, Smitty, whatever you are um, doing with your body, you do look very well, mate. Oh, your f- thanks, your mate. skin oh, looks mate. really good. Must be all that glycine. Yeah. <laughs> your skin looks great and your face looks like really fresh. Oh. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to crack onto you or anything. This is taking a weird turn. Uh, yeah. Let's go <laughs> to commercial. Right, let's end this here. <laughs> let's get the guitars out. Jonesy, can you just get your guitars ready? For a moment? <laughs> <laughs> but you do look really well, mate. That's what I'm trying to get oh, at. You, geez, look, you look well. Um, and, you know, you know, wellness obviously from the inside exudes itself outside. So whatever you're doing, mate, is working. Yeah, mate, I'm just looking up this um, restore slash... He doesn't like taking compliments too well, does he? See him change the subject there? I think it's just yeah, called... He's not even looking at you. He's, just at his nah, he's, he's got very nervous. And look, I, I think he's I even blushing. Yeah. I can't make eye yeah. contact. I'm, yeah. um, it's gone a bit weird. I think it's just called Ion now, perhaps. Yeah, right. Um, Zach Bush. I, I love Zach Bush. I also like yeah, supporting him because I think he does great work and I think his name's going to come up next week when we speak about regenerative ag and he's one of those guys that's out there. He's not just talking about shit, he's doing shit. Yeah. So What did he call it? Uh, it used to be called Restore back in the Restore. day. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, so right. anyway, cool that was stuff. Sake, man. An interesting right. chat. Yeah. It's, it's next not time all you, not all no, but next time you're bit. driving down the road and you see the little sign on the side there, glyphosate spraying, um, close your windows and shut your air vents. Well, it does say avoid the area, so that must give you some indication that it's not real yeah. good. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Why do they put it up there and then say, oh, yeah, no, you can drink it? But avoid this area when yeah. there's glyphosate around. Yeah. I don't know. Also, there's uh, like local activism. Like I know there's been a lot of success, uh, particularly in the states, with people going in with the vast amount of scientific research to suggest that it's not safe, and they've actually hit up local councils and made them change their ways. Yeah, right. So I don't know if that one, that Sterling Council that you spoke about, if they've been presented with some like compelling evidence. Right. Yeah. To say this is bad. Yeah. But like I think from an activism level, if you were willing to uh, go to a local council meeting or write a letter or call someone and enough people did it, I'm sure that you could change it at a local level where yeah. we're not at least spraying it around schools, playgrounds, uh, sports fields, yeah. things where it's going to accumulate and our kids are going to be rolling in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good, good call. call. Great idea. A man. Few, few solutions Local today. community activism. Yeah. Beautiful. It's how we get things done. Yep. I love it. We're glad. Good to see you, boys. Yeah. See yeah. you next time. Yeah. Cheers, lads. Well, I'll see you next week. Get your uh, air guitars at the ready.